We have football tonight, guys, and then a weekend full of ACC and Big 12 football. It's almost here. The work week's almost over, so glad you tuned in with the Blue Bloods to get you ready for it. We only got two segments today, but we're going to kick it off with an OG segment, Pick 6, and in case you're new or weren't with us over a year ago, it's just where we preview six of the biggest games of the upcoming weekend, and then we're going to wrap it up our preview of the Big 12, and give our official predictions for the upcoming 2020 season. Only two segments, like I said, but we have a loaded, full, probably ridiculously long show again. So let's go ahead and kick this off. So, like I said, Pick 6 is officially back. We have some big Power 5 games this weekend. The ACC and Big 12 return. Uh, we'll probably get some answers to some of the biggest all-season questions that we've talked about for months now. Brandon, let's not waste any more time here. Let's go ahead and start with a big-ish matchup on Thursday night down in South Beach. We got UAB at Miami. Last time I looked, Miami was a 14-point favorite. And Brandon, I, what are your thoughts here? Look, we all saw how how UAB played last weekend or last Thursday, rather. I mean, a week ago uh, against Central Arkansas. I mean, they they edged them out. Uh, the game was not very close in the beginning, but I mean, toward the end there, I mean, it's like they started to give up a little bit. They went off the gas. Whatever you like to say, I mean, they ended up winning by what, like ten? It, it wasn't like they convincingly yeah. won that game, and now they have to play a Power Five opponent in Miami. And, you know, we talked about Miami last week. We talked about how this team isn't going to be the same uh, without Rousseau. They're not going to be the same, you know, because or they're not. We don't know if Derek King is uh, what he's going to be this year. I mean, we haven't seen him play in about a year now. So we don't know exactly what Miami is, but we do know what UAB is. And to me, I just I can't see this UAB team even competing against Miami. At least you would hope not, you know. Now, I say that, and then I think back to last year where we got the Miami. That was just a wild card. You know, either they showed up against Florida or they just, like, like laid an egg, like, like most of the rest of their season. So if I had to guess here, I would say Miami wins this one and that they're close to covering the spread if they don't. But, I mean, like I said, we, we just don't ever know with this Miami team. Uh, it's it's just a bunch of inconsistencies, right? I mean, right. like you said, I mean, they almost beat Florida, who went to a New Year's Six Bowl and beat the the second-place ACC team in Virginia pretty handily. And then you also had the Miami team that lost to Louisiana Tech right. in their bowl game. I mean, yes, it was a home game for Louisiana Tech, but I don't think Miami should be losing to Louisiana Tech, uh, I would say, ever. But – you know, like you said, the biggest storyline here is De'Aaron King. It's his debut for the U. Can he bring the U back? Second-rate quarterback two years ago, only behind Kyler Murray. I think he's a he's a really, really great playmaker. One of the more explosive quarterbacks in the entire country. And then we also have the debut of Quincy Roche. And I think that might even be a bigger debut than even Derek King because of Rousseau's opt-out. He ranks second to only Chase Young in true pass rush grade by Pro Football Focus last season. Brandon, what he brings is experience, leadership, and some maturity where we saw a Miami defense that lacked all those qualities at times last season. And then you've, I don't, I I don't think you mentioned it today, but you've brought it up in the past is who replaces DJ uh, Dallas? He was an intricate part of trying to keep this offense afloat last year. Well, Cameron Harris steps in, and some experts have tagged him as a potential first-round pick, Brandon. I don't see that, but he does bring probably – he's probably a bit more talented than even Dallas was. And they also have a a four-star 
um, Jalen Knighton that comes in. He 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 was clocked at a four four, Brandon, and he had over thirty five hundred yards rushing and forty seven touchdowns in his two years of high school football. Right. So it brings a lot of brings a lot of stuff to the table. Do I think they you know UAB can pull the upset? No, I mean I expect them to rely on Spencer Brown a lot. He's UAB's career-leading rusher already with over 3,200 rushing yards. Last week, he had over 120 yards rushing. Tyler Johnston is going to be the biggest factor for UAB, though, Brandon. I mean, he's okay, but he's not very consistent. Only 143 yards passing, and he had an interception with only two touchdowns. That's not great against a team like Central Arkansas, and I think we can all agree here. This Miami defense is light years better than what Central Arkansas was throwing at this kid. And I just think Miami is too deep. And I think they're going to play really hard for Manny Diaz. De'Eric King's going to come out with a mission. You know, Brandon, you started the trend last week. We used to not do scores, but now we're doing scores. So I came prepared this time. I have Miami 42 to 17 over UAB tonight. I think it's a little bit closer than that. Um, what you said, the spread is 13. So I'm going to go with, uh, this is tough. Uh, let's go Miami 31, UAB 17. Let's go 14 points. Oh, you actually, you actually think it's going to be 14 points. I, I think that this Miami team's pretty inconsistent as is this UAB team. So we don't really know what we're going to get out of these two, uh, out of these two programs. So yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with a remotely close <laughs> game. I like the limit you went out went out on there, but guys, second game that we're going to cover here, Syracuse at number 18, North Carolina, and North Carolina is a 22-and-a-half-point favorite. That's pretty big margin. That's, I can't believe UNC is a bigger favorite over Syracuse than Miami is against UAB, but that's fine. But, Brandon, I'll start here. The GOAT returns, Sam Howell. He's here to terrorize the ACC. And Syracuse looks to rebound from an extremely disappointing season. And I'm just playing. Sam Hell's not the GOAT. We'll talk about the GOAT, what, two games later? But, you know, I, I, th- I don't know if this game's going to be a 22-and-a-half-point game. Um, I, you know, I don't want to spoil my pick, but Syracuse's secondary, Brandon, ranks top 20 in the country. Do they really? Yes, they're 20th. That, that makes no sense. Cue up the NBA uh, young boy, because that makes no sense. Okay, I mean, and you know, I have a matchup to watch here. I think Sam Howell and Daz Newsome, wide receiver for UNC, against um, Melifonu and Andre Cisco and those DBs for Syracuse. That's going to be a ridiculous, ridiculous matchup. I mean, it's one of the best secondary units in the ACC against, I would argue, the second best passing attack in the ACC. And Brandon, the questions with this matchup are. Can Howell avoid turnovers? And but then on the flip side, can Syracuse make How, um, Howell uncomfortable? Brandon, in a clean pocket, Sam Howell is fifth in the country in quarterback ranking. When he has pressure in his face, that falls to ninety fifth in the country. Yeah. So the well under pressure. The, uh, it's it, you got to see he has. He has to get better at that. And, I mean, I, I'm not saying he's perfect. I mean, Trevor Lawrence has his issues, too. Every, every quarterback don't, has issues. Don't but... give me that. Don't, don't compare him <laughs> to Trevor Lawrence. I didn't say I, I didn't compare him to Trevor Lawrence. I'm just saying, like, mm. everyone has a weakness. That's fine. But I don't think the Syracuse team has the pass rush to make him feel uncomfortable. And, Brandon, you know how bad this offense is for Syracuse, right? I mean, th- this, this offense is garbage. And, and that might be, like, an understatement. Yeah. 111th in the country. Not look, not great. It, it's not great. And, I mean, DeVito, I also don't like him very much. I mean, personally, that's the quarterback for Syracuse. I mean, Brandon, he ranked 122nd in the country in terms of QBR last year. Right. Zach said on a personal level, I've, I've spoken with him a few times. We're not, we're not the greatest <laughs> of friends. I must say this is beef, but – yeah, Brandon, I don't even think – I really – you know, as good as that Syracuse secondary might be, I mean, I don't I don't see – I don't think there's a matchup anywhere else on the field that Syracuse even comes close. No, absolutely not. Oh, man. But if I had to give a pick, you know, a 22-and-a-half points for us, a lot for week one, especially with the COVID season. But I think UNC has too much firepower. 
I think that defense is going to score because I think DeVito's that bad. I mean, Brandon, you watched some Syracuse games last year. That offense is garbage. You know, I don't think it's going to be a super, super big blow. I think UNC pulls away late, but I got 35 to 7 UNC. 35 7. So you are giving them the spread. I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. You, you really I mean, built I, it up I, like you weren't going to. I know. I built it up, but like, I think it's going to be closer during the game. I think the fourth quarter is going to get away from Syracuse. Zach's trying to build up some suspense. Uh, I'm going to go with North Carolina. Since, okay, so pick six records only count whether you win or lose. So I'm going to go with North Carolina three, Syracuse two. <laughs> no, my, my, my real, my real I, pick I, here. <laughs> my real pick. I'm going to go with, uh, uh, let's go with UNC 44, uh, Syracuse 10. Ooh, that's a that's a route right there. But speaking of a of a potential route here, we have um, for our third game Duke at number ten Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a twenty point favorite. Man, Brandon, I think this game is actually going to be more fun than people think. But what are your thoughts here? Uh, look, I, I don't. I want it to be fun. I really do, but it's not going to be. Duke is going to be awful this year, in my opinion. I mean, everyone heard my prediction for the season. I don't think this game's going to be like anywhere close. Like, this game won't even be in the same. Like they they're going to be playing two totally different games this weekend. Uh, I think I think North, I, I mean I think uh, Notre Dame kills them, and I like I don't understand how you think it's going to be a fun game at all. I mean, okay, so. Not not really like fun, but I'm I'm just saying I think this could, there's going to yeah, be an, a that, unique that challenge. Fun, fun for who? For okay, so <laughs> maybe, but I'm talking about the matchup. I mean, we talked about Notre Dame's number one offensive line in the country. I mean, they have the deepest O line in the country. I mean, but then also we have Chris Rump Rumpf for Duke, who ranked number one in the country in win rate and pressure rate last season. So. We get to see arguably one of the best defensive linemen in the ACC against the best offensive line. And that's what I'm talking about. I think there's good positional matchups. And we also get to see two quarterbacks who come in with expectations where they do have some doubters. I mean, Ian Book and Chase Bryce on, I guess, you can't really compare them, but they both have very, very big expectations going into the year at their respective schools. I mean, Book, he's got to put it all together, right, Brandon? I mean, every year there's somebody out there who's like, he could be a Heisman contender. He could be one of the best quarterbacks in the country. But then, like, he doesn't play like that every week. Right. No, he doesn't. And, you know, he was the 45th best quarterback last year, according to Pro Football Focus, Brandon. I I think in your head and in most of our listeners' head, you wouldn't expect that, would you? You would expect this kid to be in the top 20. I would think so, yeah. His deep ball accuracy is not great. He struggles to test the defense over the middle. I think he has all the intangibles. He can get out of the pocket. He can be reliable under pressure. But it's just there's little things that he just always seems to slip up on. And that's why Notre Dame loses the game that they're not supposed to every year. And it's kind of now or never for Book. I mean, you've got to put it together eventually, and there's no better year than this. And you look at the flip side, Bryce steps into the spotlight after he transfers from Clemson. Been in Trevor Lawrence's shadow, and he's handed the keys to this Duke's this Duke offense, and he brings a lot of knowledge, and he's had some game experience where he's shown he can win games. He's not supposed to. I mean, Brandon, you step in for Trevor Lawrence, who has the world like in his hands. He gets hurt early. You have to go out and beat a Syracuse team that was dominating Clemson at that time, right? And he goes out and wins that game. Yes, he doesn't have Travis Etienne to help him anymore. But, you know, I think he has – I think he's a big upgrade. I mean, can you name a Duke quarterback maybe other than Daniel Jones that's really better than Bryce in the past 10 years? Um, No, probably not. Not, not. I mean, not even close. <laughs> I'll say it's not even a conversation. But, like, you know, I'm sure you agree. Notre Dame's defense is too good. We've talked about Kyle Hamilton. We've talked about this Notre Dame defense. They're too good for Bryce. The Blue Devils offense, I don't think, is very good outside of him. And if there's an O-line that can neutralize Rumpf, it's Notre Dame. Brady, I have it a little bit closer than you might think. I have Notre Dame 34, Duke 17. Yeah, that's still not close. What was the spread on this one again? 20. 20, well, I mean, I guess they're covering. 
Um, I'm going to go Notre Dame 35, Duke 7. 35 to 7? God. I mean, it's, they're playing Duke. It's not basketball, Zach. <laughs> That's true. Zion Williams is coming off the edge. But we're going to move on to another game. We have Georgia Tech at Florida State. Florida State is only a 12-and-a-half point favorite, Brandon. This Which is, is bananas, t- by the way. <laughs> and this game's in Florida State. I'm, like, I don't know. Brandon, you had Georgia Tech finishing 14th. I had them finishing 15th with no wins. How is FSU only a 12-and-a-half point favorite? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I guess because Florida State's also bad, but they're not Georgia Tech bad. There's like, there's There's levels to this. Okay, the big question is, does Georgia Tech score on this ridiculous FSU defense? Um, no. <laughs> no way. Well, you know, if they were still running the triple option, they might, but they quit that, that for some reason. Listen, if they start the triple option, Georgia Tech for the upset, but they, they, they do not run that offense. So I don't think – you know, I just think – so, Brandon, correct me if, like, you don't think the same way, but I feel like this spreads more of an indictment on – that offense has so many question marks. Who replaces Cam Akers? Do you really believe in Justin Blackman? Is that offensive line any better than it was last year? I mean, yes, you get Mike Norval, but we've already seen how he's doing down there. I mean, he's already – I think he – you could say he's lost the team's respect already in some regards. I mean, do you think it's a concern about that, or do you think it could be something else? Uh, I don't know. It, it's got to be the offense, right? I, I don't know. It, it, it might be a combination of, of, of those things, but I think, I mean, I, I don't think Justin Blackman's the guy. Do you? And I, I, I mean, y'all heard what I thought about Justin Blackman. And you know, I the mean, spreads aren't just set by some random guy. They're set by who's betting on what. And I think a lot of the, I don't think a lot of people in, the, in this country think the same way we do. You know, if you actually pay attention to college football enough to bet on Georgia, on Georgia tech, Florida State, then you probably know that Justin Blackman's a bum. Uh, no. You would hope so, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, well, even though I feel like there's a lot of people who bet, I guess they make a lot worse bets than this. I mean, let, let's just be <laughs> – you know there was somebody who bet on the Wizards to make the finals this year. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but Brandon, I mean, this this offensive line – is absolutely horrendous for Georgia Tech. And you have to go up against Marvin Wilson Jr. and this ridiculous front seven for Florida State. And you have a bunch of, I guess, triple option type or scheme players. And you you expect them to play in like in a in a throwing, like typical pro style offense against arguably one of the best defenses in the ACC. I think this could spell absolute disaster for Georgia Tech this weekend yeah I I do too and it's I don't know man I feel bad for Georgia Tech almost (laughs) like well you knew Georgia Tech wasn't getting a home game against an easy team and for Georgia Tech I don't think there was an easy game choice I mean who do you put them up against where you feel confident that they're going to be the favorite fair enough I mean but Brandon enough about this game no everyone kind of knows where we're going here. I have Florida State 23 to 3. 23 to 3, that's good. 20 points is a nice uh I don't think it's gonna be I've been I've been pitching uh blowouts for the entirety of this episode. So I'm gonna chill out on that boat for a little while. I think it's Florida State 14, Georgia Tech nothing. Wow, yeah, man. okay. Uh, I you know, he had me a little speechless there for a second. I, I don't like, know why. I mean it's like the it's like the same amount of points between you and I. It's just Georgia Tech will score. I don't know if they're not going to score. All right, fair enough. But let's talk about a game that's probably going to be the biggest upset of the weekend. We have number one Clemson at Wake Forest, and Clemson is a 33-point favorite here. Yeah. And this is where game day is going to be. So, Brandon, tell me why Wake Forest wins this game. <laughs> well, because they, they lost Jamie Newman. No, they, come on. Clemson's going to uh, run that score up so hard. Dabo Sweeney has been spending all offseason, all of all of the pandemic, just uh, making up more reasons to be mad about how he's disrespected and how how even though he was ranked number one in the AP uh, preseason poll, 
He has been blocking his players out with propaganda. He has them listed as like 17 in the AP poll and a fake AP poll he drew up. And so his players are pissed off and they're, they're coming for somebody's throat. <laughs> I mean, it, it's going to be a blowout, right? I mean, I don't think this Wake Forest defense offers anything. I mean, is there – I don't even think there's a single player that like gives me any hope. It's not like, it's not like Chris Rump is on the other side where it's like, okay, like Duke has that one player who can have a good game. Like, there's a lot of inexperience. There's a lot of unproven, underrated players on that Wake Forest defense. But, uh, you know, uh, I really don't know what to say. I mean, do you trust Sam Hartman to tear up this Clemson defense? Uh. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> in in short, no. <laughs> I mean, okay, so let me say this. We've talked about Clemson's defensive line here. If you had to set the line over under, how many sacks would you set the line as? Oh, man, that's so tough. Uh, nine. Nine sacks. Everyone gets one. It's just yeah. <laughs> it's just a rotating door. No, if, I had, if I had to give you a real, if I'd give you a real number, I'd go. Let's say six and a half. I think that's a good number. I mean, uh, I, this defensive line is ridiculous, and you know, I think Travis Etienne is going to have a big game. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a big. I, I literally think if you are, if you have a Paul on your helmet, you're going to have a big game. I mean. And especially because I mean, I guess Wake Forest doesn't really have a home field advantage anyway. But in an empty stadium, where's the energy going to come from? Right. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be rough. I mean, when Cliffs was up thirty-one to nothing, I mean, who were you going to turn to to get the sideline fired up? Right. No, that's a good point. No, no nowhere. I have Clemson big. I have Clemson fifty-five to ten, and it that's honestly. I was about to say that is that is a conservative prediction. Those, those, it could be sixty three to nothing. Those ten points come from when, come from the second half when uh, when Dad no, decides he wants to put he wants to put Trevor Lawrence on the bench for the rest of the game. Exactly. Th- those ten points come in the last six minutes. Write it down. Bet it. Yeah. No. I'm gonna go. I don't think they run it up that much. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with forty two to three. Oh, they get a field goal. Yeah, a good, a good, a good, nice field goal. But all right, so we got one more game here, guys. We have Tulane at South Alabama, eight point favorite. We are for the Green Alabama podcast now. Hey, after after they destroyed the good old Southern Miss Golden Eagles, we are we, we are putting South Alabama here until the SEC starts. So get ready for one more week of South Alabama next week. But, Brandon, who do you have in this highly, highly, I guess, riveting primetime matchup down in Mobile, Alabama? Uh, Tulane. Tulane, and I don't I, – look, I said this last week about about Southern Miss. So I'm going to be – I was about to say it's not going to be close, but I'll, I'll watch my tongue here. I feel like I've disrespected South Alabama. And also, I'd like to apologize to anybody who may who may be a fan of the University of South Alabama. I feel like I may have uh, I may have um, I don't know made made a few folks pretty angry over over my pick last week. So uh, I'm just going to do it again. I'm going to double down because I don't ever back I don't ever back down. It's just who I am. So I'm going with Tulane. You know they're going to win in this new stadium, and South Alabama honestly might not get away in the new stadium this year. Oh, Brandon, you couldn't be more wrong. I'm going with Are the South serious? Alabama Jaguars in this matchup. I am. Yeah, you're Listen, <laughs> Tulane lost so much on offense, man. Brandon, they rank 88th in the country on offense. They rank 107th in receiving. And listen, the biggest thing, South Alabama got a week to get that confidence up, man. They are riding as high as possible after knocking off Southern Miss. I mean, and listen, they're – they're I, I, okay. That might have been a bad word. I'm gonna say christening, but that's not mm-hmm. what it is. Like what, like breaking in a new stadium or like. I think I mean christening. <laughs> christening's pretty good. I mean, you christen okay. a boat, like, like ship. Oh, okay, like yeah, we're we're gonna christen. What is it? Whitney Hancock Field or stadium? <laughs> yeah. Something like that. I have the South of Jaguars pulling this out. I I saw. I've I was really really impressed last week, Brandon. I mean, I know that sounds like 
outrageous. But I mean, how did you watch last week and not be at least a little bit impressed? No, I, look, I was impressed, but they were also playing Southern Miss. You know, I had to go with Southern Miss because I mean, everyone knows why. You know, I, I went there very briefly. My most of my family went there. I had to, I had to pull a couple cards out, but. Uh, South Alabama, I mean, they didn't play a quality team in Southern Mississippi last week. And listen, it was such a bad loss. Southern Miss fired his coach this week, guys. They should have um, fired him a long time ago. That's a whole different conversation. But he tried to hire Art Bryles a few years, like, like a year ago, two years ago. So that, that, probably that not should a great, have been no, probably not a great look, you know. But listen, Desmond Trotter, you have won me over. Desmond Trotter wins this game. I think South South Alabama's defense makes enough stops. I think the inexperience on Tulane's offense plays a huge, huge role in this loss. I have the South Alabama Jaguars pulling off the upset 24-21 Saturday night down there in Mobile, Alabama. Okay. Well, good for you. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Tulane winning, and I think that it's a pretty close game. Um, I'll say I'll, I'll say 21-17. That's not bad. Okay, I'll take that. I thought you were going to like say like Tulane by like 30. No, uh, I, just think I, I think they're a more be... quality team. You know? I don't know. I, I mean, they, hey, they as, the opinion. Pick, as the leader in the pick six standings right now, um, I disagree. And we're going to extend that lead just a little bit this week with this Dude, pick. Okay. I want to address this because I don't think you're winning pick six. I think – Zach, Zach has full monopoly of the social media accounts, and so he has slandered my good name by adding the the uh, BYU uh, Navy game into pick six. That was not pick six. Roll the tapes back. Everyone knows it. You, you're cheating. I mean, I get it. But we you picked the game on the podcast. We picked the you, game on I the podcast, it. so it has to go into the records. I, I get it. You can't win any other way. We pick a lot of games. We have gambling picks. We have – uh, we, I mean, we have all kind of stuff. Like you mentioned, other games, and we talk about who might win. I mean, I mean, hell, we're about to pick the Big Twelve. Are all of our are all of our standings going to count for our pick six, Zach? Whenever we talk about listen, records here, listen. As I mean, we did that. I I I picked LSU to go to the playoffs and win the SEC. Where did you have LSU? Uh, uh I mean, we we know I mean, where I, I had mean, LSU. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I was more confident in your own favorite team than you were. Okay, well, if I came out here saying, "Oh yeah, they're they're gonna win," then how do I look, Zach? I look cocky. I look, I look like I'm just biased. <laughs> you want me to do that, Zach? Is that is that how you like this podcast to go from uh, now on? I, I mean, hey, it is what it is. But listen, guys, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna move on here. I'm dead. You said I have a full monopoly over the social media accounts. You do. Uh, I, that's true. That's true. But guys, we're gonna move on to our last second, our last and second segment of the day. You know, Power Five football returns. I can't believe I'm saying that still. And it's time to make the Blue Bloods official predictions for each conference. We're moving to the Big Twelve. Check out last episode and our social media account to see who we pick for the ACC. And listen, Brandon and I grouped these teams together into tiers to make this go more smoothly. We're going to start with the bottom feeders tier. Brandon, I hope you put numbers by these so you don't confuse our listeners again. You're you're actually going to be very proud of me. I actually have records this time. Am I still writing them down? Was I writing them down during the entire last segment? Yeah, but I I have records, and I'm ready to go, Zach. Okay, I, I I have records. I didn't put in my notes, but I'll, I'll pull up my other document then with records because, you know, I didn't think you were. Gonna, I thought you were going to be slacking, but Brandon, you know, I, we'll, we'll we'll try to keep the snake in order. We only have ten teams this time, so fifteen was a lot last last episode. But Brandon, who is your number ten last place team in the Big Twelve? For my number ten team in the Big Twelve, I and, and this is going to come as a shock to no one. I have Kansas. And you want to know? So. You want to know why I have Kansas Sec? Because <laughs> they are the might be the uh, other than well, I guess Rutgers isn't playing. They might be the worst team in the entire Power Five this year. Zach, <laughs> I have Kansas here because I don't know if they win a football game this season, and if they do, it's going to be the first week of the season. It's going to be Saturday against Coastal Carolina. 
I have them going. I have them going one and nine this season, Zach. Oh God! I think they're only like a three and a half point favorite over Coastal Carolina this weekend. And I don't know if they should be. That's the thing. I, well, I don't know. Well, they went on what they like five year losing streak. Yeah. So like um, to uh like for I guess any games or I, I don't remember exactly, what the, but I know it was. It was like a road games or something like that, but yeah, this team, Brandon, yeah, they're a seven point favorite over Coastal Carolina. Yeah, and the F and the FPI gives Coastal Carolina a fifty four percent chance of winning. That's crazy. That that's wild. But Brandon, you know, I think you'll like this. In my notes, I said Kansas is probably like a million pieces away from competing for the Big Twelve. <laughs> I mean, I, you're not wrong. Uh, I mean, Brandon, you're going to laugh. So, like, I was reading, like, this uh, preview magazine from Pro Football Focus, and they for, they listed strengths and weaknesses for each team. And for strengths for Kansas, it just said Puka, like Puka Williams. That was the, <laughs> that was the only strength they listed. And for their weakness, I swore, like, when I read Puka, I was like, they're going to put everything else. And, and their biggest weakness is... All that says is that defense, dot, 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 yikes. <laughs> That's nuts. That's how bad this Kansas team is, guys. I mean, Pro Football Focus couldn't even, like, find anything as a strength except one player who's a running back. Yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. It's it's bad, guys. I mean, so, yes, Kansas is last for us. They rank, what, 127th in terms of total defense. Their, their offensive line is 105th in the country. The fact that Puka Williams even gains a single yard any game blows my mind. It, yeah, it, it it's crazy. I mean, there's no offensive line to be heard of. Yeah, Les Miles should have stayed retired. I mean, this team is garbage. But, I mean, there's really nothing to break down. Puka Williams must watch. Everybody else on this team Absolutely, do not watch. Um, it's it's literally I, that simple. I am begging you, please do not watch. I mean, I, the fact that this team almost beat Texas last year is just more evidence that Texas should not be a top ten team. Right. It's right. they scored forty three points on Texas, Brandon. I mean, that shouldn't be allowed. Oh, that's terrible. That is just garbage. But Brandon, let's go ahead and move to number nine here. I mean. Uh, I hope we have the same. I, I, I guess eight and nine for me were like interchangeable, but I have West Virginia I, as I actually don't, but but they're coming, Zach. I promise. Okay, so I have. I, I feel like my eight teams, your nine team, it's like flip flop, but nine is West Virginia. I mean, I think it's a team that Brandon. I mean, I think you can agree with this. I think it's a team that's that's going to be two, three years away from really competing again, and I think they're more talented than the ninth position. But looking at their schedule and the way that I think this is the most competitive this conference has been in some time, I think it drags them way, way down. And I mean, the defense is going to do a lot of the work early. The offense is, uh, can I just say garbage? I mean, they're the number 25 defense in the country, but their offense is outside the top 80. And, you know, the quarterback situation is not great. And, for uh, you know, it, I, th- I think it's uh, Jared um, Doji. Is how you say it. I-, I thought it was Dodge at first, but it's an E. Um, but has no weapons. Brandon, their rushing attack, 117th in the country, and their wide receiving core ranks 110th. That's crazy. That's it's garbage. And but Tyreek Smith and Sean Mahomes, two DBs, are going to be the defensive leaders and lead a pretty talented defense throughout the season. Listen, guys. I know night sounds so, so low, but in a conference with only 10 teams and no divisions, the ninth place team is not as bad as like you would imagine. And I think the Mountaineers make big strides this year, and, but the Big 12 is just too talented, so they fall here at nine. Yeah, I, I get that, Zach. And and I, I'm wondering if you have the same team that I have here uh, coming up next, but I have to put Texas Tech at number nine. Uh, I, yeah, that's... I, I don't see this team winning more than two games. The the record for me is is two and eight this season. I don't, I just don't think there's a way. Now you know they may they may come up and sneak up on us and 
and snag one of these games. Like it seems like they always do. Like I think they played Baylor pretty competitively last year when Baylor was really good, but I don't know. I, I just, I can't see them doing any better than, than two, maybe three wins this season. Yeah. Uh, it, I agree. I have them at eight and I think it's the same thing that you said. I mean, the defensive side of the ball is going to be terrible, and the offense can put up points to anybody. I mean, Allen Bowman at quarterback really holds the key. I mean, I think this team could jump to the next group, but, I mean, he performs well under pressure. He ranked 28th in the country under pressure, but his explosive play ranked 60, uh, 62nd. He has TJ Vasher. And um, I forget, I'm blanking on the kid's name, but uh, his two leading wide receivers are both back. Vasher six six Brandon and was third in the country in contested go uh, go route balls. The defense is a huge problem. Uh, Zach McF- McPherson, Demarcus Fields are both back and prime for breakout seasons, but they're unproven. The back end of that defense was terrible last year and really cost this team some games and i think they're going to be much improved a lot like west virginia but right now for an inexperience and weak at key spot key spots i think that is going to hold them back and i think they got i think they finished eighth here yeah and, and you know on the flip side i i have uh i have west virginia finishing eighth you know zach said it all in his message um they're just they're not a good football team we saw them all play last year i mean ever since dana holgerson left this program they i mean they have not been the same and like it doesn't even look like they're even competing and especially not in a season where they have to play every opponent in the big 12 i mean they have to play oklahoma oklahoma state uh baylor iowa state i mean i just don't see a way that they uh, right now i have their record at uh at three and seven yeah uh, and i think that's probably like top in probably generous I mean, yeah uh, i was probably being yeah. very kind and I, it's not even that i think west virginia wins those games I, I i just think that the teams they're playing are are worse than them i think that they might snag one who did i have them beating uh that that wasn't and i can't even remember oh no i don't have them beating anybody that's ranked below them i have i just have them beating uh texas tech and in, in kansas and then whoever they play this weekend i forgot <laughs> houston baptist i think no no no, no i'm sorry West Virginia, they're playing uh, Eastern Kentucky. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, they got that one. Yeah. I so. feel like I'm mean, after Marshall put on <laughs> put on the domination they had. But, guys, we're going to move on here. We have the middle rank. We're calling it the middle of the road. It's teams five through seven. And, you know, Brandon, I need to hear it. Who is your number seven team in the yeah. Big 12? I feel like I might I – don't, I don't know if I'm going to catch flack here. I just don't think they're very – good team i think they're still rebounding from when they've been decent in the past few years but i've got tcu here at number seven yes. yeah so i have tcu going four and six this season uh once again they're just they're just beating everyone that's ranked below them except for uh who, whoever they played this weekend i think are they the ones playing houston baptist somebody's playing houston no that's texas Tech. <laughs> <laughs> who's tcu playing i know oh, they're playing tennessee tech yeah i mean how do you not win that game um I understand, you know, they got they 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 won the race for Zachary Evans, which wasn't much of a race. It was more of like a, who's going to stick along, stick around for the longest and get this kid who doesn't want to go to school apparently. Um, and they have a couple other really good players, you know. It, it's just I still see them in like a rebuilding phase of sorts, which is weird to say for college football, but I do. Uh, and I I don't know. I, I can't see them winning more than these four games, like. I don't even see them like stealing a game like I could potentially see West Virginia or Texas Tech doing. I agree. I had the, I also had them at seven. Um, I, I feel like we're going to agree on like most of these picks. Our disagreement is going to come at the top, kind of like it did the yeah, ACC. Mine, but mine get a little wild. Yeah, but you know, I think I think this is a team with a few future NFL stars. Um, you know, but as a unit, I think they're pretty mediocre. I mean. Every single positional unit or like, uh, yeah, every every single like unit rating other than total defense and secondary are in the 60 to 70 range. Yeah. That's not great. Their they're safeties, elite. Uh, Trayvon um, Morig, Darius Washington, both safeties are probably two of the most talented safeties returning in the entire country. Moig ranked second in the country for DBs and combined pass breakups and interceptions. 
uh, Washington, Brandon only allowed one first down in pass coverage last year. That's wild. Pretty, pretty elite. But man, Max Duggan at quarterback. Don't love him here. I mean, he, he has to make improvements all across the board. He ranked 126th in accurate pass rate and 90th in big time throw rate. And his sophomore season should be better, but until I see more, I think he's what holds this team back. I think TCU has a lot of talent in certain places, but they don't have enough to hang with the contenders of the Big 12, which is why I think they fall into the middle of the road. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Oh, man, but number six, I'm probably going to catch flack for this one. I already know it, and it's not even just from like you. It's just from people I know, uh-huh. but I have Kansas State. At wow. Sixth. Wow. What? I do. Um, no, you're going to catch flack from me because that's not even close to where I had them. I mean, I, I just don't know who you, I mean, I think they could have an argument for five, but there's no way they're in the top four. I mean, it's, it, it's a team that Brandon next year, they're going to be in the contender tier. I think next year they could win the big 12, but right now there's question marks at key positions. Scholar Thompson at quarterback, I really like him. He's one of those quarterbacks that I just I feel like he's just one step away from making it, and I don't know if he's going to make that step. He's thirty. He was ranked the thirty fourth best quarterback last year by Pro Football Focus, but his accuracy wasn't great. Sixty sixth in accuracy pass rate. His value though skyrocketed in a clean pocket. He ranked ninth in the country when given a clean pocket, but they that offensive line suffers some losses. And I need I don't know if they can replace him. I don't know if they're going to be ready. I guess those young offensive linemen ready to step up. But I think he's going to have the best supporting cast in his career. Philip Philip Brooks and Malik Knowles are both back, both both explosive wide receivers on the outside. And don't forget about Josh Youngblood. He's going to be wide receiver three, and he's going to bring huge value on special teams. I don't want to cover it all again. Me and Brayden have talked about that kid. I don't know how many times on this podcast. On defense, Wyatt Hubert at defensive end is going to lead a young, inexperienced defense at certain spots into the season through a brutal schedule. Hubert ranked first in the conference last year, Brandon, in pass rush, win rate, and pressure rate. That's elite. But Jonathan Alexander and Keandre Thomas have to step up. Two DBs lost to the, I guess, draft. I don't think they got drafted. I think they're on practice squads. They have to step up in the secondary. I'm not sure if they're ready to make that step into contender status. Listen, Kansas State could be a sleeper. Would I be surprised if they finished third or fourth in the Big 12? Not necessarily. But I think that those that youth in big spots and that young defense – are going to cost them some games. And I think that's why they fall here because the teams above them have more experience in key spots, but K state's probably a year away from really competing. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. I guess I was more optimistic for K state here. Uh, but at my number six spot, I, I have Iowa state. Um, okay. I don't, I don't hate yeah. that. They're five for me. So like, I'll just so, build off of you. Yeah. So Iowa state, I mean, and, and honestly, it was very close between them and my next team. Uh, the reason I didn't have my I didn't have them ranked above the next team is just because of the way the schedule laid out. And as a matter of fact, it was it, it was that, and it was even the matchup against the other team. And I think the other team wins that game. Um, but I mean, this this schedule is just so tough for Iowa State, Zach. I, I mean, the the two games that that I think that they could compete in if they were playing uh, in Iowa. Uh, or Texas and Oklahoma State, I think that they'd at least be in that game. But since they have to travel to Austin uh, and and I'm blank, Stillwater, and, and they have to travel to Stillwater, I just don't see a way they win either one of those games. And and that that's just lethal. I think they may drop a game here or there, and uh, they end up. I, I have I had their record at five and five. I I don't mind that. I mean, I had them ha- get. So I just did conference records. I had Iowa State and Kansas State both at five and four, but I have Iowa State winning that game because it's because it, I believe it's at Iowa State. Yeah, so I, that's the only reason I had them switched. And like you said, I mean, Iowa State's a team I struggled with when I first started ranking Brandon. I thought this Iowa State team could be as high as three, but when I started analyzing schedules, like you said, rosters and just talent returning, I just I feel like their defense really and truly kind of held them back. I think Brock Purdy 
I think he could be the second best quarterback in the Big 12. I like him more than Sam Ellinger. Yeah. But he's got to stop making gunslinger plays. Um, you know, 58th ranked turnover worthy play rate makes me a little worried. He has weapons like Charlie Kohler, Tariq Milton, Barisi Hall, all come back. I mean, Hall was one of the best freshman running backs, and Kohler was the highest rated tight end by Pro Football Focus last year. But, Brandon, the 109th pass rush is not going to cut it. Yeah. I know Will McDonald, the fourth, is back. He offers some hope, but he can't be the only one. Mike Rose at linebacker, Lawrence White at safety, Greg's, uh, Greg Eisworth at safety. I think they can, like, I think they can make the back end of the defense better, but if you can't get any pressure on the quarterback, you're going to get roasted in this conference. And yes, Rose was the number one rated power five linebacker for passing stops, but I don't think he can do it all alone. And if you give the quarterback all day, Rose is going to struggle being put into good positions. I think Iowa State's really, really talented. Brandon could be like a four, a four B team. So like they could be right there, but I, I think, they're just missing that it factor for me. And so I had to keep them in the middle of the road. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, so, so I guess it's my turn to go to number five. So yeah. Have number five. Um, yep. Gosh, man. And this one, this one hurts. And, and I, first and foremost, I want to say, I'm sorry, Dave Aranda, but it's your first year. So I've got Baylor at number five. Um, I, I, I understand. I, I, I understand. He's probably, I mean, he's one of the best defensive minds in college football. But he's never been a head coach before. It's his first year at Baylor. Baylor had a seven and uh, well, seven and six season before last year when they went when they went uh, eleven and three. I don't know. I, I think that I think that they end up, uh, you know, kind of in the same boat as uh, as Iowa State in a sense. You know, I, I have them beating Iowa State, and that's really the only reason that I have them ranked number five here. But I mean, they have to go play at. Oklahoma, they have to go play at Texas, and, and I think that they get Oklahoma State at home. But I mean, come on, it's Oklahoma State. I, I think that Chuba Hubbard's just too good for even for this defense. They're probably the best defense in the Big Twelve. But when we're talking Big Twelve football, we're talking. I mean, offense, offense is king, and I get it. They can kind of undercut some of these other teams, but I don't know. I don't think it's going to be enough, especially with a first-year head coach who really hasn't even had all that much time with his team uh, due to the pandemic. And so I, I have Baylor. Uh, I've scratched out. I, I was flip-flopping IS, uh, Iowa State and Baylor so much that I just have their uh, record scratched out. I have Baylor going 6-4 and four, uh, this season. Wow. Okay. I hear – I mean, I, I don't hate that pick. I'm a little bit higher on Baylor, I think. But – Guys, we're gonna get to the we're gonna get to the tier everyone tuned into here. We got the contender tier one through four, the top four teams in the Big Twelve. Brandon, who do you have at four? Oh man, uh, I don't, I don't. I'm gonna come off as so biased right here, Zach. It's, it's, it might, it might hurt, but horns down. I've got Texas right here. I do too. Uh, I do too. Which, which is crazy, right? Because, and and the only reason. So full disclosure, my Number four through number two all have the same record. I have them all going eight and two, and they just lose to one common team. They all lose to each other. But Texas, I think, loses to the number three team, and I think they beat the number two team. So I've I've got Texas at number four. I don't know, man. Uh, Eight and two is great, and it could win you second place, but not in Texas's uh, case. I I think that they just lose the wrong game, and and that, that lands them. And I feel like I'm being so, like, vague right now but i don't want to give away my future picks wow i mean i have te- i have texas going uh seven and three i have them losing to the three teams ahead of them actually um i also have texas at four man i i love it but it seems to be a team that everyone believes in but i just don't think so i mean i think sam ellinger is good but i don't think he's elite like some experts want to claim I don't trust him in the biggest situations, Brandon. And he always seems to have a breakdown game where they lose a game they're not supposed to. I mean, you look at last year, that loss to Oklahoma. You you could have had that game. Oklahoma was playing terrible early. You could have taken control of that game. Then is there what about the losses to Iowa State and Baylor last year? Those were winnable games. Right. You didn't make the plays down the stretch. What about 2018, Brandon? How about that loss to Maryland? Did that settle well with you as Sam Ellinger is an elite quarterback? Oh no! How about 
How about choking in the Big 12 championship against Oklahoma? That, yeah. that, 2018. <laughs> Just every yeah, other year. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lack of weapons this year is going to doom. I've talked about before 114th in the country, Brandon, in terms of wide receiver production returning. Jake Smith, Brendan Ingles, Eagles, I don't trust them. I mean, they're not great, but they're going to have to step into huge roles, and they are so unproven. And the defense, man, is mediocre at best. I mean, Deshaun Jamison, uh, Joseph Asa, Marquez um, uh, Bimage are all back and could offer some improvements for the Longhorns. And listen, I think the ceiling for this team is the Big 12 championship, as everyone in this tier could make it. But I just I think inexperience at wide receiver, I think inconsistency and in Sam Ellinger and some other players are going to kill the Longhorns in this championship race. And so I'm a little skeptical, and I had them losing three games, and they're going to fall to fourth place in the Big Twelve. Yeah, yeah, I could, yeah, I could definitely see that. And I always have one pick that makes everyone go, "What are you seeing, Brandon?" I have Baylor at three, which is crazy, but I I get now, it. No, I mean, I don't think it's super – listen, it's not they're my dark – Yeah, exactly. I know who you have at three. At least I hope I hope they're at three. <laughs> if they're any higher, uh, we're going to have a problem because I go to the school and they should not be <laughs> first or second. But you know, I've went back and forth here. I mean, Dave Aranda, I think, is going to take this defense to another level, Brandon. I think the offense is sneaky good. We start with Charlie Brewer. I think he can improve his game from last year. He was the 33rd-ranked quarterback in pro football focus. He was 21st under pressure. He just has to stop, I guess, putting the ball in danger. He was 76th in turnover-worthy play rates. I think Brewer has one of the highest ceilings in the Big 12. And and new offensive coordinator Larry Fedora, I think, can make a huge impact on Brewer's development. To the top. And the – and defense is why I picked I picked Baylor here, Brandon. I mean, Dave Aranda is going to love this unit. You start with William Bradley King at defensive end. He's a transfer from Arkansas State. He has the third best of rush rate over the past two years in the entire country. And then we've already talked about it, Brandon. Riley Texaco, Kalen Barnes, elite speed, a limited potential on the back end of that defense. And then we've also talked about this guy, Terrell Bernard. Arguably the best linebacker in the Big 12 brings ridiculous athleticism and and just superb leadership to the middle of that defense. And I think Bernard is the perfect linebacker for Aranda's system. And I think the Bears are going to shock a lot of experts and even other teams in the Big 12. Brandon, I only have them losing two games. And I have them beating one of the teams that comes next. And I, I... I, I I do. I think they're going to beat one of those teams, and that's going to put them over Texas for me. I think Baylor is a really, really big dark horse in this conference. Yeah, I, I mean, it wouldn't uh, – as you said earlier, it wouldn't surprise me if they did make it here. I just don't think they will. I think I think they have too much stacked up against them. I think the schedule, I think um, the, the first-year head coach – I just think there's so much against them. But to move on to my number three team here, Zach, I mean, if, if you listen to Zach, you know who it is. It's Kansas State. Um, <laughs> I'm so high on Kansas State. It's insane. That's I, wild to me. I, that I, is I, wild I, to I, me. You know what's even more wild is that I have them going eight and two, Zach. Do you have them losing to the next two teams? Yeah. But I have them beating what? Texas, which is wild. Um, wow. On December 5th, they played Texas. How close were they to beating Texas last year, Zach? They, they uh, were, I mean, they were like, they were what, like, like a field goal away. It was, it was insane. I mean, they should have won that game. Um, yeah, they were, they, up, they were up 14 to nothing. Right. And so look, I think this is the year they come back for revenge. I think, I, I don't know why. I, I don't know why I feel so strongly about Kansas state this year. Obviously, I have them losing to my next two teams. I have them losing to Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. Um, they have to play at Oklahoma. Uh, they have to play. Um, actually, they get. I think they get Oklahoma State at home, but I don't. That I don't think do. this defense. I don't think. De- I don't think this defense holds up against Chuba Hubbard and that attack. Um, and they get Texas for the last game of the season at home, and I think they can pull that game off. I, I really do. And I look. Having Kansas State at number three in my preseason rankings for the Big Twelve is the riskiest move I think anyone's ever I think anyone's ever done. You know, 
I, so pat me on the back. I feel good about this pick. Uh, you're telling me you wouldn't love to see Kansas State have this record? Oh, no, I, I'm wearing a K-State hoodie as we record. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm cool with it, but cool, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I think Skylar Thompson has the potential. I just, I'm going to have to see some young players do their thing, man. I just, I don't know if they're going to do it, but, let's you know, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and move on to the final two. Everyone knows who they are. Yeah. Ah, who do you have at two, Brandon? I've got Oklahoma State. I have them going eight and two as well. Um, I have them beating Kansas State, but losing to Texas and losing to Oklahoma. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I feel like – I understand. Oklahoma State is so good, and Zach probably has them at number one if I had to guess. you know, I haven't seen Zach's rankings yet, but if I had to guess, I'd say that's who he has number one. The stats and analytics speak, uh, speak as far to put them at number one. I just don't think that stats and analytics really work for Oklahoma State. I mean, we've seen them be – Maybe not this good, but we've seen them be, I mean, elite in the past. And where has it gotten them? You know, they, it's Oklahoma State. I mean, they choke in the big moments. That's that's who, what, that's what they do. And so I, I can't have them uh, at the top of this conference in the regular season. I just can't. I'm upset. I have Oklahoma at two, Oklahoma State I know, number see, one. I called it. Now I feel super um, smart. I actually, so I, I actually have them tied. I have them both going nine and one. Okay, I would like to know who you think I, I, Oklahoma State loses to. I think they lose to Baylor week three. That's ridiculous. Quit being ridiculous. I do. Okay, listen, hang on. I think Baylor's defense matches up terribly. I mean, matches up really, really well with Oklahoma State. I think that secondary has the speed to match Tylen Wallace. I think Dave Aranda is the best schemer for a strong run game. And I think with Terrell Bernard and those other athletic linebackers, they are the worst matchup in the entire conference for Oklahoma State. And it comes early while while um, Sanders is still trying to develop, get that rhythm. The team didn't have a lot of time to prepare for the season, just like everyone else. I think Baylor's defense is a terrible matchup. And I think Oklahoma, the reason I have them beating Oklahoma, I have I think Oklahoma's defense is not – match up does not match up well with um with Chuba Hubbard in that offense. I mean, do you trust a single person on that Oklahoma defense to stop Chuba Hubbard? Uh no, but but I think that Oklahoma's offense is uh explosive enough uh, explosive enough in all of them to match Chuba Hubbard. I don't think I think Oklahoma State's defense is good enough to take uh, to pick apart a true freshman quarterback. We've already talked about the secondary for Oklahoma State. I mean, we've talked about it uh, how many times on the podcast? Three, four, five? I mean, you you have Colby Harville-Peel. You have Trey Sterling. I mean, you, you have all these pieces that I think make a bigger difference than a true freshman quarterback. I don't know. I, I, see, you keep saying I, true freshman quarterback like you haven't. Uh, like like you haven't been at K Jewelers for the past for the past twelve months trying to buy Sam Howell the perfect ring. <laughs> yeah, okay, but um, until I see Spencer, uh, uh, not Spencer Sanders, my bad, Spencer Radler do what Sam Howell did last year, then like I don't want to hear a single person talk about how they even compare. Exactly, that's enough of the slander. That's my wife. <laughs> that's a fact, but um, you know, I, I think Brandon, you know. Could Oklahoma win? Absolutely. But I I think Spencer Sanders is gonna take a huge jump. And I mean, Brandon, if you if you if Spencer Sandler Sanders was just like a step better, how many games do you think Oklahoma State wins last year that they ended up losing because of him? Uh I don't know. That's that's a tough one. The Baylor game, one score game. Spencer Sanders, what fumbles at the last second? Yeah, and and then what? The Texas A&M game chokes it away at the end. I mean, and Chuba Hubbard is banged up down the stretch. Tylen Wallace gets hurt; he's out. I mean, I think there's so many things that went wrong for Oklahoma State last year, and. You know, based on what I've been reading, you know, I think it could have went either way. The whole Mike Gundy situation could have just tore this team apart. 
Right. But based on everything I've been reading, whatever all the players are saying, I think it actually just brought them a little bit closer together. And they're ready to play together. They're ready to just show the country that Oklahoma State is here. And I think the I think when you have the best running back arguably in college football, you have one of the best wide receivers, you have more experience at quarterback, you have the better defense. I don't I don't know how you could go the other way and say that Oklahoma is a better team than Oklahoma State right now. I don't know, man. I, I have I don't have Oklahoma losing a game this season. What? Undefeated. Not, not a one. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, I'm crazy, so. So in case you guys we we both have Oklahoma, Oklahoma State going to the Big Twelve Championship and I have Oklahoma State winning the Big 12 championship. Brandon has Oklahoma winning the Big 12 championship. So either way, if it comes down to us, now the I, Big 12... hold on now. Easy, easy with the assumptions. They're not having a championship game this season. No, they they are. Are, are you picking Oklahoma State over Oklahoma in the championship game? Yeah, I, don't, I don't think Oklahoma can win two games against the same oh. team this season. Oh no, Oklahoma yeah. State for the Full sweep. Circle. Oh yeah! Oh man, that was what you were assuming way too much, Zach. Ooh. That hurt. I, okay, I, I was building did up suspense, that. building up suspense, and you tore oh. me down. You cut my legs off. I am sorry. Okay, so both of us have Oklahoma and Oklahoma State going to the championship, and we both have Oklahoma State winning it. I cannot believe we both have Oklahoma State winning the Big Twelve here. I am, I am shook right now, guys. You know, Brandon, take over. I, I don't even go ahead and tell us. Other than two, Oklahoma State is not going to lose two games in a row. Why do you have Oklahoma State over, over Oklahoma in the second game? Uh, because look, it that was okay. I don't, I don't really know how to say it any better than the way you just said. I, I just don't think they can win two games in the same season. I, I mean, I agree with you. I think this Oklahoma State team is, I mean, obviously super, super loaded. You know, uh, they don't get, they don't play each other until late November. So after this game, what do they have? They have like two weeks between them and the championship, the or three weeks between them and the Big Twelve championship. I don't think I that's think enough it's two. time. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't think that's enough time in any case, no matter how long it is. It could be four weeks. It could be a month, and I don't think that Oklahoma has time to recover from this. That, you know, I think the first game is going to be tight. I think that Oklahoma. I mean, it's it's a rivalry game. First of all, it's not like we're talking. You know, we're not talking about. Uh, TCU and West Virginia. We're not talking about just two random Big 12 teams. We're talking about two Big 12 teams from the same state uh, fighting for the same fan base almost. I mean, uh, look, put it, I'll put it this way. Imagine if Alabama and Auburn, if they were in different divisions, came to the SEC championship game. Do you think the winner of the first game in a good year could, could beat the winner, could, uh, could beat that team again in the second game? I just don't Probably see a not. way. I mean, it, it's the thing that, that LSU and Alabama did in 2000, or 2011 when LSU won the regular season, then Alabama smacked them in the national championship game. It's so hard to beat the same team twice. I, that's, why I had, uh, that's why I had Cincinnati winning the AAC last year because Memphis beat them the previous week. I, I'm a firm believer that you can't beat the same team twice in a season, and I'll stick to my guns on that until the day I die. Okay, well, here we are. I have Oklahoma State winning it twice. I trust that, you know, when you have a strong run game, you have the talent and the explosion that Oklahoma State has. I mean, there, there's a lot of unknown factor with Oklahoma. I think, you know, Lincoln Riley's been one of the best young coaches in college football, but I think it's Mike Gundy and Oklahoma State's time this year. And I got go pokes all the way to the Big 12 championship, but... I cannot believe you picked Oklahoma State. I'm still shocked about that. But, <laughs> guys, that is a wrap on this episode. Two segments, still over an hour of content for you guys to get y'all through the weekend, preview all the biggest games. We'll be back Monday, pick six recap with a with an SEC preview. I know you've all been waiting for it. It's coming. It's about time. Brandon's going to have LSU winning it all. We already know. But – until Monday, Monday, guys, go check us out on social media. It is at the underscore Blue Bloods on Instagram, at the underscore underscore Blue Bloods on Twitter. 
at the Blue Bloods Pod on Facebook. Thebluebloodspod.com is our website. Go check it out. Articles, um, you know, episodes, links to everywhere, all can be found on there. Find us on YouTube, the Blue Blood CFB Podcast. All our interviews and old episodes are on there. But until then, guys, we out. <laughs>